Welcome to The Father's Heart with Tom Clark, better known as Papa Tom. Good morning. This is Father Tom. This is Father Tom. This is Papa Tom. This is New Year. I don't know my name yet. This is Papa Tom of The Father's Heart Talk Show, and I'm here with Gene Hull, who I happen to have an opportunity to meet out in California a couple of weeks back in Clay Clark's Reawaken America Tour. And Gene was one of the guest speakers. And I listened to him speak, and there were certain things that he mentioned that I said, you know, I really need to talk to this guy, because I'd really like to get his insights and his stories on what uh, Donald Trump was like, because Gene Hull's other career, if you will, prior to being editor-in-chief of George Magazines, for those of you who don't know, is that he was Donald J. Trump's photographer. And as the photographer, he's like the fly on the wall in the back of the room, but he's not really back behind the back of the room. He's behind the camera, but he's seeing scenes that you and I will never get a chance to see in our life. And these are the scenes that I'm going to be asking him questions about. And I appreciate his heart and his willingness to talk about Donald Trump and also his life from the father's heart perspective, because this is what I think our country really needs to know right now with all the fear that's going on around uh, we want to have stories and talk about things where the perfect love casts out all fear and we can find the perfect love of God the Father expressing itself through human beings who express themselves as the Father. Whether you do that in your own natural families or whether it's down to your community and the groups that you're with. So with that in mind, let me introduce you to Gene Ho, and he is the editor-in-chief currently of George Magazine, but previously... In a prior career, you might refer to it, he was Donald J. Trump's photographer. So, Gene, welcome to our audience here. Oh, thank you so much for having me on. And uh, I love your format. And I think this is what America needs, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. There's so much since COVID happened. There was so many things going on that caused fear. I think the Lord uh, put me from a position. I used to be in the financial services industry. My audience knows that. And in 2020, uh, he said, they're going to put you in the media. So the first thing I started doing was writing children's books, Papa Tom's Tales, A Grandfather's Bedtime Stories. And then I moved on to podcasts. It was picked up by Charisma Magazine, Christmas Media. And then now uh, I'm now a radio talk show host. I still do the children's books, still do the podcasts, and do this uh, radio shows all by um, for the purpose of actually doing battle in against the prince of the power of the air. So media which we get the word media from, comes from the word beads. And uh, one of the words for Satan is the prince of the power of the air. So he's putting a lot of things through the airwaves for fear, and we want to counter that with the things that God wants to put on the air, which is truth and love. It's the American way, and it's the way of our founding fathers for us. So we want to overcome uh, a lot of the words that are being expressed out there that are causing fears. And one of the things I think that you are in a unique position to know and to realize, because you've seen what the media has done over the last couple of years, particularly to Donald Trump, is that um, you saw behind the scenes what the man was really like. And so my first question for you is that um, in the different scenes that you've seen or that you exposed to yourself, you have your personal testimony, your personal thoughts about it, I've heard many stories about what he was like to little people, to, to people that uh, were not rich and famous and uh, how he was like to his, uh, you may have a story to relate to how he was like to his children or his grandchildren or to, or to people that uh, when the camera wasn't running, what was the man like? Oh, I, you know, absolutely. You know, here's the thing with Donald Trump. 
Uh, I was this campaign photographer for two years. But it was interesting early on. This was in 2015 before he even officially ran for president. But at the time, I used to have uh, access to him. That was it's amazing. And I never really thought about it. So uh, I always thought that I could introduce my wife and my son to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And so always thought it, never even thought about doing it. But then later on, Secret Service came into the picture and all of a sudden to have my family meet them, it's a big process and everything else. So it was probably like a year that I was working for Donald Trump before I ever introduced my wife and my son to him. And I'll be honest, I never will never forget it hmm. because, you know, he looks at my son and he like doted on my son like it was his own grandchild. It was just amazing. He just looked at him and said, oh, beautiful. Just beautiful. And, you know, truth be told, uh, um, I'm uh, Asian American. And mm. so my son is biracial. Mm. And you had all this thing with uh, them saying that how he was such a, I don't know, a racist and everything. But I, that was not the case, not at all. And he's just a wonderful man. Mm -hmm. You know, back in October 1st, of, I remember the day clearly, uh, uh, October 1st of 2016, uh, God actually spoke to me that day because I wasn't sure who I was going to be voting for in 2016. And he told me that uh, Donald Trump was the person that he was going to put his anointing on because he had his father's heart. Back in that time, he was running against Hillary. He said Hillary's conscience was seared, but that he had a, a father's heart. And he actually described to me as that he was as Jacob, which actually means twisted or shrewd or cunning or conniver or so forth. But he had a place in his heart where he could press in and when in that place he could press in, he would wrestle with his angel. And in that result of wrestling that angel, God would change his heart. And he would become like Israel, which means prince of the kingdom. And so that, that whole thing was going on in my life in October uh, of 2016. And uh, that was something that really affected me. And I started to see him in a completely different light because it's a completely different light than what the media began to portray him as. Yeah, you know, there was this uh, one time, uh, and I'll, I'll never forget it because it just put Donald Trump as a very, very real person to me. Um, the situation was, uh, we were backstage at an event. It was right before Thanksgiving, if I remember, and he had all his family backstage. And Barron was there. Barron was just a very uh, young boy at the time, but he was a young boy, very uh, similar to my boy's age. And it was interesting because he was there, and you could tell... Uh, you know, you could tell Barron really didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump was backstage and people were giving him gifts back then. Even back then they were giving him gifts. And there was one gift, which was, um, it was like a rifle. You know, it had the lock on it and everything. It was all safe, but there was a rifle there. And I'll never forget it because Donald Trump goes up to him, he goes, hey, Barron, check this out. Check this out. This is neat. And then he brings his boy up and then they're looking at the, uh, the gun there, the rifle. And it was just like, I was like, oh my goodness. That's like something I would do for my son. Like if he had to follow me on a business trip or follow mm -hmm. me somewhere and he's really not wanting to be there, I'd be like, oh my goodness, come check this out, check this out. And it just reminded me once again that this is a, a person that is a family man that loves his children. And you could tell that he loves his children because the older ones are, are very close to, to Donald Trump. And it just shows you what a, what a true father's heart that this man, Donald J. Trump has. Mm -hmm. What about to his grandchildren? You know what? I have not. Uh, I, I see. I follow. Uh, I'm friends with. Uh, I am friends with um, uh, Laura Trump's 
uh, you know, and we're, we're friends with her and I follow Laura Trump and I see all the stuff on her because she has a personal Facebook. So I see all the pictures of him. And uh, it was very interesting because she gave this one. Uh, this was actually at the Reawakened tour when uh, Laura Trump was there. She gave this situation where her children, which would be Donald Trump's grandchildren, mm-hmm. had an event at school and it's like, you know, bring your grandpa to, to school. <laughs> and then she's bringing like Donald J. Trump. And it just, it just was like, oh my goodness, that's just, you know, we have to remember that these people are real people. And mm-hmm. Donald Trump, I'm telling you, he is a, he's a wonderful man. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I really get that sense from him. I don't just get it from, uh, I, I don't get the sense that he's that way from whether media portrays him. It's the filter through which I view what he says and does in different ways. Oh, no, that's, uh, that, that's exactly, uh, actually, that was uh, the game changer for me while, I, while um, I actually started really respecting Donald Trump because I've seen all these stories that I'm telling you behind the scenes, and yet at the same time, it was a media who was trying to paint a picture of Donald Trump that it was not the same person that I've seen in person. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm thinking like wow if they could do that to the you know Donald Trump the president of the United States or the future president at the time you know what else could what other picture could they paint of someone else that they did not like and that's the mainstream media I'm talking about yeah well it's a shame that that's again the prince of the power of the air is using the mainstream media in a very from his perspective a very practical way to really basically uh, annihilate or put uh, do a character assassination on somebody. You know, after, oh, yeah, I, yeah. after I had that uh, that talk with God about him in October 1st of 2016, I um, looked for an opportunity to present it to him. And I, I found it was, I was able to go to a fundraising dinner with his son, Donald Trump Jr. And I have a, actually a picture of myself with Donald Trump Jr. And I was able to have a conversation with him and hand him a one-page um, note. And in that one-page note, I described what God showed me about his father. This is before the election in November of 2016. And then about a week or two after the election, I was wondering whether he ever got the message from his son. And the Lord spoke to me and said, go look at the um, the acceptance speech. Now, huh. on, wow. in, was it November 3rd or November 6th? Whatever it was in the first week of November when the election happened, I went to sleep at 2, uh, two o'clock in the morning uh, the following day. And I, I saw how he'd won already, but I was didn't want to keep staying up all night. So I never saw the acceptance speech, which went on about three o'clock in the morning. And so a week or two later, I look, looked at the, at the again, and I started realizing that the acceptance speech um, that he did at three o'clock in the morning, he put Barron up there. Pence was on his left and Barron was on his right. And he showed a picture of his son. And I said to the Lord, why did he show a picture of his son? He says... Donald Trump got the message. He's showing the world that he's a father. And Baron Trump was having him on the stage was his, uh, you know, say a picture's worth a thousand words, you know, as a photographer. And the picture of his son Baron there being uh, a thousand words was that he, yes, he got, the, he got the message. He's a father. He wanted to express to the world in his acceptance that he's a dad. And we'll be back in, a, in another few minutes or another few seconds, I guess. Uh, in a moment to uh, share with Gene his thoughts on that picture that God, the Lord gave me.
We're back with Gene Ho, editor-in-chief of George Magazine and former photographer of Donald Trey Chump, Donald J. Chump. And I was just sharing uh, with Gene about that picture the Lord gave me of him having an acceptance speech with Baron, his son, on the stage with him. And the Lord was speaking to me that he got the message from Donald Trump Jr. that he was a father. And your thoughts about that, Gene? Yeah, you know, th that's interesting because uh, uh, my family and uh, with my son and my daughter and my wife, we always had this, uh, how I would say is like a, a thing that on election night, we would always sit there and watch it ourselves on the TV. So that was a memorable day. This is the 2016 election. Mm -hmm. uh, that day I did my uh, last event on the on the road there before the election, uh, drove back home and basically, like everyone else, parked myself in front of the, the television to watch the returns. And I, I remember that. I'll never forget that night and, and that morning. And, and what a wonderful feeling uh, after that uh, to be on the road for so long and to spend that time with my family mm -hmm. and uh, just enjoy the election. It was wonderful. Were there any changes that you noticed uh, in uh, Donald Trump? before and after the election, or was he completely consistent? Uh, no, you know what, I, I, I have to, that's a great question, actually. Uh, later on, uh, of course, when he became president, I photographed him again. I mean, like mm -hmm. I seen him before when he was, uh, before he was president and after. Mm -hmm. uh, no, it's the, it the same guy you see now, is the mm -hmm. same guy that you saw, I saw right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's very consistent in the way he is. And uh, I think that's why America loves him so much. I mean, it, this, the same Donald Trump that you see, mm -hmm at the rallies is the same Donald Trump I know. Uh, very funny, mm -hmm. very charismatic, and uh, he really does, he, he loves people. So he's very almost being, you could say the word transparent. I mean, he says what he <laughs> believes, he just lays it out there. I, I think that's what the, uh, that's why everyone loves him so much, is that he he actually does that. And and the other thing about it, behind the scenes, he's, he's even, I have to say, he's even more charming. I, I've been in, uh, certain meetings with him that where people, uh, I'll just give you one story, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. So I'm in uh, a round table, mm -hmm. but I'm not sitting there. I'm like, like behind the scenes, scenes uh, just taking pictures. And uh, I'll never forget. It was only the only people were there was the people in the round table, Secret Service, and me to take the picture. Uh, he's going around the room, and everyone's introducing themselves. So if you can imagine a round table. And then Donald Trump says, hey, we're going to go around the table. Everyone introduces themselves. And the first person is something like, hi, I'm this senator from this state and whatever. And then another person goes, oh, okay, well, I'm the CEO of this company, this company. I'm watching. And the interesting thing about it is he's getting to one this one guy. And I could tell he was embarrassed. And it was his turn to speak up. And he goes, well, you know what? I uh, own a couple of uh, fast food restaurants. And then so everyone's there is like a senator, CEO, and this guy owns yeah, big shots, you know, yeah, <laughs> big shots. And then this guy's, well, I own this, these fast food restaurants. And then Donald Trump will never forget. It. He goes, oh, you got to tell us which is your most profitable franchise. And the guy's eyes lit up and he's just going on and on. And everyone there, basically, he was like what you would imagine to be the lowest of the room. Yeah. And then Donald Trump made this guy feel comfortable, but made him the the cool kid in the class because it's like now he's talking about all this Kentucky Fried Chicken and how this is and then it was wonderful, mm -hmm. but he read and he could see that this person was like oh my goodness mm -hmm. you know I, I'm not matching up to the rest of this table right. and Donald Trump made him cool it was it was 
it was brilliant to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's a very a good read of people, at least uh, in terms of when he meets them. <laughs> he can really feel what's yeah, going no, on. Yeah, I, uh, I think also because, uh, you know, you have to remember back then they had all this stuff with like, oh, you're fired and, and you know, the, the TV show and all this stuff. Yeah. He was a very, uh, um, I won't say difficult boss to work for, but I mean, he was a he was a very good boss. He was very demanding. That's, that's a better word for it. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, he was very, very charming to people, uh, but he demanded the best in people. Absolutely. Sure. And he wouldn't put up with any BS. You know, that was the part of his shtick, so the way he came across with people. You know, uh, I uh, was born in Brooklyn and grew up in Long Island, up in New York. So, oh uh, my goodness, now we're matching it up. I was born in Brooklyn and uh, grew up on Long Island, so I was in Suffolk County, yeah. and that's where I grew up. So. Really, I uh, <laughs> I grew up in Farmingdale, which bordered half of Farmingdale was in Suffolk County, and half of it was on uh, in okay. Nassau County. And yeah, uh, I'm I'm from uh, Kings Park, which is very close to Smithtown, so yeah, that's where I, I grew up. I went to an all-boys Catholic school there in Chaminade, which is in Mineola. And then I ended up going down to Georgetown and spent 50 years in Northern Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C., where the swamp was located. And uh, spent two years uh, here in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina, which is where some of my kids are. So I have six children and 15 grandchildren. And uh, two of my kids and uh, four of my grandchildren are located around here. That's why I located to this area. Um, but I only bring that up to mention that, you know, his, uh, culture that he comes from is very familiar to me. Uh, I mean, I think that's what it is with, with it. I mean, in, uh, growing up on Long Island, uh, people like that. That's how, that's how you gain respect when you mm-hmm. can just tell people really what it is. If you're doing a great job, you let them know. If mm-hmm. they're not doing a great job, you also let them know. Mm-hmm. And I've had that. I've, I've had that at times uh, as a person that prided themselves on their photography. Sure. I had to deal with Donald Trump when he looked at the back of my camera and says, not good or bad, straight out bad. And then also, you know, there was times when when he was very free to give a compliment mm-hmm. if I did something really well. So he was, uh, you know, it was, it was a difficult environment work-wise, mm-hmm. but you expected that. And that's how you grow as a person. Which brings another question comes into my mind. I think maybe the audience would be enlightened by this. Why do you think you were chosen as the photographer? What is it about you? Uh, You know, it was a a funny story with that because they hired me out. This was before, uh, this was before he even became president, hired me out for just one job. So it was just, just the one I did. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I think it was like a week later or, or two days later, I knew he was at another event and they didn't hire me uh, for this other event. And so what I did was I was like, you know what? I'm just going to show up with my camera uh, and uh, with a suit on and just show up at the event uh, uninvited. And I'll, I'll never forget it because it was very nerve wracking because uh, they didn't invite me. And uh, when they saw me that I showed up, uh, willing to work very early in the morning. I don't know if that was a reason, but that 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 was a, a string of nonstop events. So basically, you know, for if you have a, a dad uh, that's listening in and you're trying to impose upon your children, hey, here's a life lesson. Hey, you know what? If you want the job and you really want it, go after. It. Just mm-hmm. go out there and just do the job. And that's what I did. I just show. I for the second day of work, I showed up unannounced. And then uh, after that, they said, okay, um, we want you at the next event and just kept on going. 
until until the the day of the election. So it was wonderful. Do you remember what the event was? Yeah, uh, the craziest story about it is uh, he was giving a a speech, and so could you imagine a day or a time when Donald Trump is giving a speech, and there was a room of about a hundred seats, and there was only about maybe sixty five people in the room. So could you imagine Donald Trump showing up, and like not quite half the seats are are open, mm-hmm. and he's giving a speech. Uh, I, I'll never forget it because he flew in on. Um, what we call Trump Force One is personal airplane. And I'm thinking, how much money did this guy just spend in just gasoline for his airplane alone to talk to 65 people in a room? I, I, it, it, I was like amazed by that. But he went there and described to people why he would be fit to run the country, basically. And, mm-hmm. and it caught on. It really did. Mm-hmm. So this was really early on. In the election process. Oh, yeah. No, this is uh, even before he officially even ran. I mean, there was okay. word that he was about to run, but he was just giving talks at different events to yeah. small groups. And yeah. uh, that's why it was so amazing at the time to see this grow from that to where it is today and mm-hmm. then to see all the rallies. And, sure. And well, the rallies against so- tens of thousands of people. Yeah. yeah. Biden can't yeah. even couldn't even get 65 <laughs> people at a room. Unless they were paid. anyway yeah that's that's another example of one of the things was that um you did the thing that uh you weren't even invited like i said and you just showed up it's like he honored the fact that you are diligent and uh you know the desire of your heart was to do to be there and also they gave the indication that he could trust you that you'd be there on time for other events uh, hey, it was uh, I'll never forget that morning because it was uh, about 4 a.m. To get to the event, I had to drive about uh, two and a half, three hours. And I'll never forget that because it's like 4 a.m. And I'm already dressed in a suit. And I was embarrassed because my wife was like, uh, where are you going? And I didn't want to tell her that, hey, I'm going to work, but I'm not <laughs> going to get paid today. So I was yeah. like. I was like, oh my goodness, I, I'm going to tell her I'm cheating on her. I'm just going to tell <laughs> her I'm cheating, <laughs> cheating on her. But anyway, so I, I told her that, hey, I want to try, I'm going to go down there and just show up. Right. And so I did it, uh, drove down there, felt very dumb, to be honest, uh, going down there with uh, unannounced. But uh, I just did it. And then, you know, one thing led to another. And I was there the whole time. So it was wonderful. One of my biggest clients when I was in the financial services industry, his name was Tom Offit. He said to me one time, he said, um, 85% of success in life for somebody who you're employing is they just show up on time. 85% of success is just showing up on time. Now, you must have been a very, very good photographer because if you weren't, he would have fired you the second day. <laughs> no, <laughs> so you your talent had to be that. there too. <laughs> it, uh, it's funny because, I mean, uh, one of the things that I've always managed to do is, is get somewhere on time. Uh, I, I, uh, I started as a really quick, I started as a uh, wedding photographer. So like when I was doing the weddings, even if it was three hours away, I would drive there. And if I needed to sit there in the parking lot and take a nap and get there early, I was always on time. So that was one of the things I was pretty good at good. showing up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think uh, you're deprecating, self-deprecating in a sense, because you certainly are talented artistically as an artist. So we'll be back in a moment with Gene Ho. And uh, we'll share some more of our thoughts and maybe move on to his current position in editor-in-chief of George Magazine. 